This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jordan Hill with Rusty Mansell. I think Kip Adams is about to pop in at any minute, but we're going to get this thing started today. It is SEC Championship Week. Georgia getting ready to play LSU in Mercedes-Benz Stadium at uh, 4 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, Rusty, how is this SEC Championship Week treating you so far? Um, You know, it's, you start thinking about the Kirby Smart era, and it's kind of like, you're almost at the, this is the norm now. Like you expect to have this week. Uh, I remember the 2002 Georgia Arkansas game and people flipping out trying to just anybody could get any ticket to sit in the Georgia Dome and how crazy that was. But you know, obviously since then Georgia's been several times and my man Jordan Harris obviously checks in first. How you doing, Jordan? Um, but uh, you know, th- this is this is the standard under Kirby Smart, and I think Kirby's mentioned it a couple of times. The players mentioned it. If there's something that University of Georgia needs to do different under Kirby Smart, is they need to win in December in Mercedes-Benz. Right on time, Kip. Uh, how is the week treating you so far as we get ready for another trip to Atlanta? He had to get his hair right. Don't, don't, don't. Man, fall. my hair. Come on now. What my hair does. Let's not go there again. Come on. Let's not start with that. I'm good now that I'm on here, man. The laptop was not playing games this morning, but uh let's get going it's kind of a big week i think for uh for georgia football i assume that rusty was talking about this football game that's they're playing on saturday so i think that's that's kind of where my mind's at it's just not where my laptop's mind was at when we were supposed to start the show but let's go let's let's not worry about my hair today absolutely absolutely and i want to bring this up too because it's something i've kind of you know lost sight of when you talk about this game and the fact that it's actually been a while since Georgia won the SEC. You know, it's been since the 2017 season. Mm-hmm. They've gone, obviously, continue uh, to, for the most part, dominate the East, really, other than 2020. Um, in the last few years, they have gone and, and played in this game. And I think it's a little bit easy to overlook that I do think this game means a lot to Georgia. You know, talking a few weeks ago after Georgia clinched the East, Kiris Jackson was talking to us in the Buttsmere meeting room and was pointing at the numbers on the wall to indicate, you know, conference championships and said, look, we want to put numbers on the wall. And I think, you know, some people have kind of lost sight of what this game means. I think some people are like, well, they're, you know, they, they might be looking ahead to the playoff. I do think this means a whole lot to this group in that none, nobody on this team was on the SEC championship team when they beat Auburn. Uh, back in 2017, I do think that this game carries a lot of weight with these guys. And I, I don't think we're going to see a situation where they 
are caught sleepwalking because I think they do want to say at the end of the year that they are the best team in the SEC. Yeah, you had uh, Stetson Bennett and and Robert Beal on those teams, but they are obviously they were both redshirting that year, so didn't really get to to play a part in the actual game. But yeah, I mean, this is the, they all remember what happened last year, and they, I mean, and the other guys, I mean, they they have yet to see you know them win in this setting, and I think uh, especially for Kirby Smart, you know that he's going to remind them of just how far that you know they looked ahead last year. And what that did to the, you know, how they played in that game. And obviously what happened in the SEC championship game last year, it actually ended up having a positive impact for Georgia because, that, you know, that was adversity. They looked in the mirror and said, you know, we, we got caught up in the press clippings and here they are again, you know, 12-0 and 0 once again. Uh, that is the aspect that Kirby Smart and the coaching staff has to maintain with this team and remind them that, guys, you can be humbled very quickly out there. And, uh, you know, you guys have had a pretty good season, but, you know, you haven't played anyone that's pushed you to the limit yet. And, I mean, LSU has the talent to be able to do that, even though they've they've had some ups and downs and they're playing some really young guys out there. Rusty, what do you think about the opportunity they have again to to go win the SEC for the first time since 2017? Yeah, to find ways to motivate, and that's 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 in today's world. And these kids can leave with an SEC championship ring, along with a national championship ring and an SEC East ring, and all those things. So those kids get to have a piece of jewelry that nobody has, uh, as you said, um, as, as Kip pointed out. So. Um, you know, little ways to motivate. You start talking about 2019 games, start talking about last year. You see Kirby Smart on the behind the scenes talking about you want to do something different than last year, then you want to win this weekend. So I think it's that to me, it's that it's that one more big hurdle for, for Georgia. They've got to win in December in that building. Uh, no matter who they're playing, they've got to get that off. And will it be two and three if they were to win this? Is that correct? That sounds right. I think so, they lost Alabama twice in LSU. That's a two and three. So you really want to, you know, you really want to kind of a home field, you know, uh, obviously you want to consider that a home field when you got to get on a bus for 45 minutes there and LSU's got to get on a plane. Uh, so we'll see. But I, I think there's uh, definitely a lot of motivating factors there. You can motivate this team this week. Well, this episode of the podcast is going to be our mailbag answering all y'all's questions, both from our message board, the junkyard, and also for everybody watching live. And I want to start with uh, one from our guy, Jordan Harris, who's on here. I think he beats us on here sometimes, guys. But is Daniels, is Jaden Daniels healthy? That's really the biggest question coming into this game, at least on the LSU side. LSU's quarterback got banged up. I think he went down twice in that Texas A&M game, uh, pulled up. A tweet from uh, UGA alum Wilson Alexander, who covers LSU now. Uh, this is from yesterday. Jaden Daniels will still be in the walking boot. Uh, this was on Monday. Um, he has a minor test on Tuesday to test the strength of his ankle. Not much of an up- update besides that. I do think that's going to be something to watch because, to me, this is not exactly some kind of wild uh, statement or, or crazy thing. But, I mean, I think if LSU's going to keep this close, it's going to be because Jaden Daniels has a big game on offense. And, for him to be, even if he plays, for him to be limited, um, I think that's a concern if you're looking at it from the LSU side. And it's something that I'm sure if he is able to play, you know, I wouldn't uh, be surprised if Georgia goes after him. And we find out really early on how healthy he is in this game. Especially on third down, the the, the blitz package, as you've been seeing Jalen Walker come in, uh, the true freshman, and kind of take over that role, that spot there. They're trying to create some extra pressure. So when you get to third down, if Jaden Daniels is completely healthy, 
that to me is a different package as far as is he going to be on one spot? Can we go get him there and not be worried to death about him taking off up the field? So we'll see early on, kind of, I think early on that game where he is. I certainly anticipate him playing. Uh, a walking boot is not uh, a, a 100% indicative of what could be happening. Those are always precaution that, you know, decreases the pressure on him and allows that thing to rehab, you know, as much as possible during the week. So I anticipate him playing, but we'll see how much uh, availability he has uh, probably early on that game and uh, what, they, what they're willing to do with him and what he's willing to do as far as with his legs. To Rusty's point, when we talked to Brian Kelly on the Sunday teleconference, which that update I read a few minutes ago was from Monday, um, but Brian Kelly sounded fairly optimistic as far as him being able to play. Again, the question is going to be how much and how effective, because he's going to probably have to have one of his better games for them to keep up with Georgia. Um, I want to tackle another injury question, and this was from our board. Rouse Dog 10 asked, do we see a full go A.D. Mitchell on Saturday? And again, this is this is the question that has lingered, I uh, think, uh, the entire football season. And, you know, I was kind of interested seeing A.D. on Saturday, watched him warm up. I mean, this guy runs out of the tunnel to get on the field. I posted a video of some of his reps as he was getting going. He winds up not playing any snaps. Now, he was on the field uh, for one of the fourth downs that Georgia was going to go for. Ultimately, Georgia calls timeout. AD goes back to the field, or goes back to the sideline, I should say, and then he wasn't back on the field after that. Uh, based on everything I saw during warm-ups, it seemed like he was feeling good and, and feeling like he was making progress on that. We'll see what we see in the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Saturday, but uh, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, again, Kirby was kind of playing it close to the vest when we talked to him on Sunday about AD. He said, you know, he's been able to do more than he has done the previous week. You know, we're hopeful, sort of the things that we – kind of the bingo cards that uh, Kirby likes to hit when it comes to injuries. But I thought uh, AD looked really good, and I'm, I'm expecting, barring some kind of setback in practice this week, I think we will see him at least in some capacity when they play LSU. Yeah, I thought he had another good day yesterday, so um, I fully anticipate. I think the plan was for him to get up to 10 snaps uh, last week. I think he got two. Maybe I'm wrong which is regardless, one, two, is not what you're, you know, asking of a, probably your top receiver. So um, as far as full go, I don't know that you're going to see him full go, but Jalen Carter wasn't full go, you know, in the game. He came back and he still impacted it. So, you know, A.D. Mitchell, uh, Georgia is a better football team with him on the field. How many snaps would be up to them and, and, and him as well. But uh, I, I was did saw some sources this morning that said that A.D. had another really good day of practice yesterday. And that's good news for Georgia going into this game Saturday. How big do you feel like that would be, Kip, even if, again, even if he's not 100%, to get him involved in, and for him to be able to play in this game? I mean, it's huge. He's he's the difference maker in this offense. As we've seen, as the, as opposing defenses have kind of, you know, they've gotten the film, they've adjusted to what they've seen from Georgia. You've kind of seen, George, you know, Georgia's explosive plays have, have, have kind of gone down because teams are – Teams are kind of stacking the box now. They're saying, hey, we, we know you have these outstanding tight ends, uh, but we know also that as far as you guys pushing the ball downfield, you know, A.D. Mitchell and, you know, back when he's playing, Arian Smith, I mean, those are the guys that, that we had to make sure we knew where they were lined up, uh, you know, as far as the wide receiver position is concerned. Now, Lad McConkey's made a ton of plays for Georgia this year, but he's not that guy that you're going to – 
you know, just push the ball down the field, 20 plus yard throws over and over again. Those are not going to be high percentage plays for Georgia. Definitely not the ones that Kirby Smart prefers to have, you know, as far as just not hitting as many times as you'd like to. A.D. Mitchell's that kind of player where you look and go, this is a guy that can win 50-50 battles against us. You know, he can, he can break tackles and he can stretch the field just because he can get separation. And so that's the kind of guy that when we're talking about the college football playoffs, he's a guy that Georgia really needs on the football field just to be able to open up the entire playbook and to, to keep defenses back on their heels. So as far as this weekend, yeah, if he gets 10, 15 snaps, it's it's kind of we're in that George Pickens range now. We're just trying to get him back out there. So when the when the defense sees him. I mean, they're gonna. It's gonna change everything. They're going to have to think more. Even if he's out there and he gets one ball thrown his way, uh, that that's gonna change the whole dynamic of of, of what they're keying in on, and, and just the fact that their eye discipline is gonna be, you know, taken away a little bit in that aspect, which can open up so many other things for Georgia's offense. So it'd be big to get them back in an increased capacity this weekend, and, and then look forward to the college football playoff. Just try to getting him, you know, potentially fully back into this offense you could see what kind of what you saw early on in the, in the season especially against Oregon you think about the issues we've seen from time to time this season as far as creating separation with these receivers get a guy like AD Mitchell back even if it isn't you know really to his top capacity until perhaps the playoffs I mean that, that's a huge boost for a Georgia offense that you know to its credit has still been able to score points even with their number one wide receiver uh, watching from the sideline um, another question from our board, 311 Bruja asks, are there any vulnerabilities on UGA looking ahead to the playoff? Any areas UGA really needs to improve over the next month? Uh, I'll start with you, Rusty, and then Kip, you can chime in, and then I'll, I'll sum it up. Um, any areas that you really look at as a, perhaps a weakness for Georgia as we get ready for the postseason to get underway? I mean, you, you can't be honest on this podcast without saying they miss Nolan Smith. And I'm talking about pass rush, setting the edge, the ability to chase down sideline to sideline. So, you know, they're trying to do it by committee, and that's the best they've got to do it. But so if you're looking for any type of vulnerability, you can go back and watch a national championship game last year and see the impact that Nolan Smith had, not only uh, in pressuring Bryce Young, but the ability to set the edge and to hold up against bigger tackles. That was one of the most impressive things. You go back and watch Nolan Smith, who is who was undersized, to be honest with you, where he is and what he does against those bigger tackles. So, you know, Tech got Georgia early uh, on the first drive of this week on, on a play that probably Nolan Smith keeps him in the pocket on a scramble and the guy walked into the end zone. So, you know, if there's concerns, it's it's who can they play there? And I, I will say this, though, went back and watched a couple of things. Georgia, as the playoffs went on and you look at Michigan and Alabama, they did not – they took Trayvon Walker and doubled his snaps almost. He went from about averaging 40 to I think he played 77 against Alabama. So you look at Michael Williams and you look at Robert Beal and those guys, and if you don't have a game next week or you don't have a game for a month, what are the snap counts? What are you going to do with these guys? Because they got time to recover. So, you know, you look back at kind of what they've done with that position and what they can do. I think you got to watch them play, you know, asking Michael Williams and Robert Bill to, hey, you got to go a few more snaps and we got to have probably 15 or 20 more out of you. Uh, and that's kind of what they did last year with those guys. Once they got set with their lineup, they stayed with it. Yep. Uh, what are your thoughts as far as the weaknesses that stand out to you? 
I think we're going to find out if, you know, if Georgia has been holding anything back from his playbook, we, we will find out in the next three games. You know, a lot of people are wondering, has Georgia gone conservative? Have they gone into a shell as far as just trying to, to be aggressive offensively? I talked about earlier, obviously with A.D. Mitchell, I mean, the, the inability to get separation at the wide receiver position has, has affected Georgia's offense. And you really see that in the red zone. And it's not just the red zone. It's the fact that Georgia, again, is, isn't scoring outside of the red zone as far as, you know, have, breaking long touchdown runs or, or you know, big uh, receptions down the field. Uh, you know, you don't even you don't have to worry about the red zone in those situations. And But G Georgia is moving the ball down the field, getting into that, you know, first and goal at the nine or ten. And, and then settling for field goals. So you get into the playoffs, you don't want to settle for field goals on those possessions. You, you know, you have to get into the end zone more often than not to, to really have a chance when you're playing some of these better teams. And like, if, you know, if they're facing a team like Michigan, uh, their defense is, is very impressive. You know, if, if not as impressive as Georgia's this year, uh, that's a defense that, again, they're going, they would test Georgia. They would test their ability to not settle for field goals uh, to get, you know, you're going to have to score touchdowns on more than 25% uh, or fewer of its drives, which that's happened to Georgia. I think in four games this year, it's been 25% or less. And uh, that, that is not going to cut it, especially for a team. That's one of the you know, 10, 12 best in the country offensively. And so again, it's, it's going to come down to, Todd Monken, can he can he can he find the plays he needs to to give uh, defenses looks maybe they haven't seen before? Does he have some things that maybe you know they've practiced on that we haven't seen yet? It seems like they have a player to each game where it's a new look, a new wrinkle. Uh, that's going to be if he's going to you know he he is in the running to be the you know the assistant coach of the year. This is where you kind of earn that uh, in these playoff games. But that is an aspect that. That's kind of been an issue. I know it's been a talking point as far as the red zone and field goals versus touchdowns. And I think that is an aspect where these next three games, we're just going to have to crank it up a little bit, uh, even though they've they've gotten some, you know, a great job out of Jack Lesney as far as the field goals are concerned. They know they can depend on him, but you don't want to have to depend on them all the time. No doubt. And I thought you brought up a good point as far as explosive plays. And it was interesting in the Georgia Tech week, Kirby was talking about turnover margin and talked about something that they really look at more than turnover margin in a game is explosive plays and like getting those explosive plays and the differential when you are able to create those plays. You know, he said we rely on that a whole lot more than we do necessarily turnover margin because it's kind of funny as good as Georgia's defenses have been these last few years, they don't create a ton of turnovers and those turnover margin numbers don't like pop. You know, you, you don't look at them and your eyes go, whoa, you know, but the way that teams can get over the hump and, and the way teams can, um, you know, that makes the difference in winning and losing games is creating those explosive plays. So to me, that's a huge area of emphasis, something that I want to watch these next few games. And then again, something we've talked about often on this year is just pass rush. You know, Rusty talked about Michael Williams and some of those guys. They're going to have to be counted on to get after guys like Jane Daniels. And if we get into the playoffs, you know, people like Caleb Williams, um, some of the players that have made big plays, in these teams that have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, if you're able to get after those guys and make them uncomfortable, it'll be huge in your opportunities and uh, big for your chances to move on to the next round. So we're going to take a quick break. Got more questions to come. Um, feel free if you're watching this live um, to drop more questions in there. We've got some from our board and 
Got a few more in the comments that we're going to get to, but first we're going to take a break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody. Well, yeah, let's get back to some of the questions. I'll just throw a general one to Rusty. A lot of questions just about the state of recruiting right now for Georgia. Where do things stand and and, uh, what should we be on the lookout for coming into what will be a very busy December? Man, December is going to be – me and Kilt's been doing this a long time combined. I don't think either one of us kind of understand what's about to happen. Um, And I've made that mention on the board. Like, there's recruiting – there's, there's very few OVs left. Like normally me and Kip would be like, what are we going to do in December? But, oh yeah, on Monday, this transfer portal opens up and God knows what's about to happen there uh, around the country. You're already seeing names all over the place, kids getting in, kids getting, you know, kids are going to be going in Monday for sure. So there is a lot going on. I think uh, somebody asked a guy here, uh, asked on the side earlier in the, on the uh, board here, asked, you know, because Georgia has some guys coming up with uh, Sam and Pemba five-star from IMG makes his decision on believe on Sunday. So there's, you know, there's potential there. I think Georgia's in a good spot there. Tennessee's certainly in play there. Uh, Miami's trying to get in late, which is always makes things interesting nowadays. So, you know, there's some guys going to make some decisions, but you know, in a month from now, we're going to see this thing. One thing we've always seen on the Kirby smart is, He's always had almost a signing day surprise, just about. And everybody always asks me about the number of places. Me and Kip don't know the number. I mean, Kirby Smart knows the number, how many spots they've got left. I gave up on that years ago. <laughs> so uh, they will not undersign. I can assure you of that. That is something I am confident. They're not going to undersign. Now, how many spots they have left is certainly up to them and what they know. So um, I, I anticipate a very, very busy December. Uh, what I can tell, you know, in my past experience is when you see Kirby Smart go in home during this limited amount of time he has, that's usually a telltale of either they're trying to hold on to this person or they're really, really involved because playtime is over. What I, how I like to say that, I mean, Kirby Smart will get on a plane uh, Sunday morning and the dude will be gone till next Friday night has some official visits and he'll get right back on a plane and be gone for another five days. So uh, until they start bowl practice or whatever, how they're going to do that. So uh, we can do this uh, with, with confidence. I can say that we're going to have daily notes on who the coaches are seeing, but I've always found it in my experience where you see Kirby smart is where they're in a recruiting battle. 
Another recruiting and really just general state of uh, Georgia question that was asked. Uh, that will be 3318 asked, is there any concern with our running back recruiting and what running back room looks like in 2023 and 2024? Kip, uh, I'll throw this one to you. Just what do you make of where things are with Georgia right now and what moving pieces we may see in the next few weeks, maybe even the next few months? Well, I mean, I, I think they got a pretty damn good one on, on board right now in Roderick Robinson. I think that's a guy that, you know, his size, his ability to move at 6'1", 230 pounds, that guy's going to be trouble behind Georgia's offensive line. I mean, that's that's exactly the type of guy that Del McGee likes, a, a bigger guy, a guy that – you know, he knows he can depend on to to get it done between the tackles and a guy that can make guys miss at his size. And honestly, uh, I, he's really impressed with the way he moves for, for being a bigger back. I, I mean, again, yes, uh, Georgia, as of now, has missed out on, on Justice Haynes. And, and that was a that was a big time miss. And Rusty said it multiple times. This is one of the biggest surprises we've covered in recruiting. Uh, that was a guy that, you know, we expected to, we thought was, was going to pick Georgia. Now, again, as, as Rusty said, this next month is, is going to be a roller coaster and Georgia's not giving up on, on Justin Taines. Uh, you know, a, a in-state running back out of Buford, obviously a big legacy as well. They're going to keep talking to him as long as, you know, he's communicating back and all signs are he's, he's continuing to talk to them. That, that, that's not a projected flip, but few flips are projected you know uh most of the times these things these things happen real quickly and, and i think that's something we're going to be covering every day if curry smart's you know using an in-home on justin Haynes, uh that's probably someone he thinks he's in there with and I, I think that's that's one we'll be watching and monitoring if not him uh, i think they go to the portal i think again the transfer portal right now, it, it seems like it's getting stocked up by the hour w with big-time playmakers, and I just don't think there's going to be a shortage of guys who can step right in and help out, and I think Georgia will be able to find an impact running back to add to, the, to that backfield if, if they do not flip Justice Haynes, which, again, I'm not projecting, but it's still something we're going to watch because, again, that, that was one of the bigger shockers of the recruiting cycle, and often in those situations, you know, when it gets down to it, those final hours – you have to actually, you know, put that pen to paper or now electronically send that, uh, you know, NOI. And a lot of times these guys look back and they have some second thoughts. If he has second thoughts, Kirby Smart's going to swoop in there. Brad Eagler with a nice little note there that says Rusty Blink if Haynes is a dog. Keep those eyes open, That's a good one, Brad. Uh, I'd be blinking if I thought Joe Haynes was going to Georgia. So, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I wanted to piggyback off of what Kip talked a little bit about the portal. Blackout Dog asked, any early intel on the UGA pursuing any players in the portal? And, and not looking so much at specifics, Rusty, but what positions do you think Georgia could target? Positions they might be interested in adding guys when it comes to the portal? 1,000 million percent wide receiver. I mean, they listen, you can say what you want, um, but you see lack of explosive plays. And I'm not singling anybody out. They've had some injuries. Aaron Smith's been hurt. A.D. Mitchell's missed 70% of the season. Uh, Georgia's got to have some players. And and you cannot call explosive plays without a fast car. You know what I mean? Um, that's just bottom line. So they have got to get guys. And I like the class. I like the wide receiver class they got. I, I like the guys they're in on. Uh, I think they're about to add some difference makers to the roster. But Georgia is not in a, a, the business of waiting. Uh, they're, they're a potential national championship team now every year under Kirby Smart, and they're going to go out and get some players. I would not be surprised at least for them to sign two wide receivers 
if they can get the right mix. Again, we're not even the, the portal is not even officially open yet, and there's some targets out there now. A uh, young man from Georgia Tech went there yesterday, and he's from Dutchtown, played with Will Anderson, and um, you know he, he's he's a dude. Now I don't know if Georgia's gonna make a move there, but if I'm sitting in that room and I have to make a decision, he's gonna be one I'm gonna take a look at because he just put some explosive plays on us and and caused us some stress. So there's a lot of guys out there. We'll see how much deeper it gets, but I, I think the 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 priority for me for Georgia has got to be wide receiver, and I think they probably. Um, would like to add an outside linebacker with some experience, maybe a five technique because uh, they've missed on some guys. That's the one thing in this recruiting class that I've made it known on the board that, that they've missed some guys. So uh, at that position, just missed Hobbs last week in Tennessee, missed Cameron James early in the year, Kelby Collins. There's there's only so many of those 6'5", 250-pound, 260-pound bodies that can fit what Georgia wants them to do with that five technique. So. I'm confident in wide receiver. I think that's going to be a huge priority. Uh, I think also that that the question, you know, if Georgia, if Georgia is able to win Saturday, and if Georgia is able to win on New Year's Eve, uh, they would play in obviously the national championship. So those kids on their team are not going to go into the portal until in January. So Georgia, obviously, at that point, there's a small window in January for this this second round of the portal. And who leaves Georgia? Does it create some 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 places they got to take a guy? Uh, you know, so I don't really know how the the board's going to play out for them. But I'm confident that Georgia's going to try to sign at least two wide receivers that can play right now and fit what they're looking for. Fascinating to see how the portal works on both sides for Georgia. Again, you mentioning if Georgia's in a playoff run, when do if in, you know if anyone's going to leave Georgia? When exactly they do leave? Because well, you the last year, remember they won the national championship, and like that Monday they had like five kids go in. So that that's and now it's the window that the the structured window. So even more those teams that wind up playing for that national championship that Monday is going to be it's going to be hey we won the national championship uh, Monday night. Well, Tuesday morning, bam, that portal unloads. So that'll be something we watch in, in January. It is truly the most wonderful time of the year. There's no doubt about that. Not a not a slow time for anybody that's mm. covering this, but this is why we do it. And it's mm. just a part of it. Uh, tackle another question. I'll take this one from Jordan. 1991 asked, which matchups do y'all like the best to exploit LSU? I'm actually going to write about this a little bit after we get off the podcast, but I'm really intrigued by Georgia's offensive line going up against LSU and really more so in the run game. They're coming off of the game LSU had last week, just could not stop Texas A&M on the ground. And frankly, I feel like right now Georgia is running the ball better consistently game to game than they were early in the year. You know, you think about when they were scoring those um, high totals early in the year, we still had real questions about Jordan's, uh, Georgia's run game. And I feel like they've played well lately. You know, I feel like Kendall Milton is starting to get back into the flow after dealing with injuries at, uh, a couple times this year. Kenny McIntosh, we saw what he's able to do both out wide and also with the ball uh, running between the tackles. I mean, I, I just think he's such an explosive player. And I, to me, when you look at the playoff run going ahead, obviously if you get A.D. Mitchell back, that'll help considerably. But I, I feel like Ken, uh, Kenny McIntosh is, to me, Georgia's key player on offense going forward just because what he can do. Um, and then also the other guys as well. Dejon Edwards has carried the ball a whole lot, uh, been a guy that they've trusted, and saw a little bit of Branson Robinson in that Georgia Tech game. So to me, I'm really fascinated and interested in watching Georgia's offensive line, more so in the run game, but also we've seen them protect well week after week. 
Uh, I think they've got a chance to prove that, you know, I think Harold Perkins and B.J. Ojolari, both very talented guys, but I think that this Georgia offensive line is going to be up for the challenge and, and have a chance to set the offense up to play really well on Saturday. They better put a body on Harold Perkins. I, you, you don't want to run sideline to sideline with that dude. So I think I think you look at those those big guys, Tate Ratledge, Xavier Trust, those big six seven, three hundred twenty pounders. Somebody's got to get physically in front of him. I think the way to attack him, and I think Texas A&M did a lot of that as they came downhill at him, because Arkansas went sideline to sideline against him, and they got they got ran out of the build offensively because of that guy alone. Yeah, definitely. This is a game where I think just the line of scrimmage, Georgia has the ability to take to take advantage and take over on both sides of the ball. Defensively, I don't think LSU's got the depth along the defensive line. Offensively, I mean, they're starting there's there's certain freshmen at left and right tackle. Now, uh, granted, uh, you know, I believe uh, the left tackle has done a pretty good job there, but you know, those are guys that you can still take advantage of the fact that they may not have seen everything. And for Georgia, it, you know, that may be bringing a Javon Bullard or Tyke Smith on a blitz. You know, there, there are ways to, to confuse these guys with different looks. And I think Georgia, if not their defensive line, then again, sending, sending the star position, sending some, you know, different linebackers, they're going to have a chance to confuse those guys. And I think if you look at this LSU offense, we talk about Georgia not being able to stretch the field. Uh, LSU is, doesn't have the, the guys that really, you know, that force your safeties to, to kind of stay back there. Their, their best pass catcher right now is a freshman tight end, Mason Taylor, doing a good job, but not a guy that, again, I think he's averaging nine yards a catch right now. It's, it's not a guy that, you know, on paper, should really should really stretch the defense out. So I think this is one of those where Georgia should be able to manufacture some pressure. You know, they don't have Marvin Jones Jr. out there. He's banged up. Don't have the, you know, your edge rushers that you had to start the season. But I do think Georgia should be able to manufacture some pressure with some different looks and really confuse that offensive line, make some plays in the backfield. Before we wrap up this episode, I throw in the award-winning uh, men's basketball minute for you guys that everybody is clamoring for every episode. Uh, Georgia is 5-2 and two now. Had a pretty successful trip down to Daytona Beach. Unfortunately, I was not able to, to bring my towel and my bathing suit get down there for it. Uh, but 1-1 one and one, um, beat uh, St. Joseph's uh, open it. Thought it was a very good performance, particularly in the first half. The best defensive performance Georgia has had uh, since Mark Fox was walking uh, – uh, the court uh, there in Athens. And then second uh, game had a really good first half against UAB. Just couldn't keep it up, but I wasn't necessarily surprised because this UAB team, uh, Andy Kennedy, the former Ole Miss coach, I think they're going to be an NCAA tournament team, came back on Sunday and played ETSU. A pretty strong performance, kind of a so-so first half and finished strong. Justin Hill, no relation, uh, has played really well for Georgia. He had a good performance down in Daytona and uh, had, I think, 12 points in the second half. So uh, kind of a, an interesting stretch coming up. They play Hampton on Wednesday, and then they've got two really big games in Atlanta. They're going to play Georgia Tech at McCamish at, on December 6th, and then they'll come back uh, after a little bit of a break for holiday hoopsgiving and play Notre Dame in State Farm Arena. Um, so Georgia, I think, is in a, good, a pretty good uh, start to the Mike White era. Five and two, they're one win away from their entire win total from the 2021-2022 season. Um, I think uh, positive signs. I still think um, this is a team that's probably going to struggle a little bit when we get into SEC play. Uh, their bigs have had issues, a lot of points in the paint given up. Um, but I think for year one, things are going pretty well, and uh, it's been a fun team to cover so far. And Excited to see these next few games get back in Stegman and see what this team can do. 
Do we still have the uh, subscription deal going? I think it ended last night. Am I, if I'm right, not right now, I believe it's fifty percent off. Fifty percent off. Get a lot of recruiting questions right here on the right, and you know, I'll, I'll say this, but we'll rarely say it. Go to Dogs Two Four Seven and and join. Get you a month of December. If you don't like it, just come right back. Um, I, I think you will. If you come in, try it for a month. Uh, skip Bojangles for one day, and I know that's hard. Uh, but skip it for one day and join for the join the site for we had a ton of subscriptions yesterday. A huge day for new members. And if you guys are listening, thank you all for joining. It's a very, very big day yesterday. New members taking advantage. Come out, take the subscription, set your watch for 30 days and bail out if you want to. Um, I think we feel confident if you come over and try it. But a lot of these questions we answer every single day on the board and and uh, and, and hope you guys give us a, um, a try. Absolutely. And hey, remember, it's holiday season. You can't figure out what to to gift that uh, buddy of yours as a big yeah. Georgia fan. Hey, That's right. That's right. set him up with all of us. Uh, yeah. We're going to wrap up this episode. Appreciate everybody who's watching live and listening live. And for everyone who's listening after the fact, do you want to go ahead and plug? If you're watching this live on Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I will have a uh, preview podcast with Dylan Sanders of Go247. Uh, our LSU site. We're going to be talking about Saturday's game, what we expect, learn a little bit about Brian Kelly and the Tigers, and uh, sort of the expectation of what's going to go down in Atlanta on Saturday afternoon. So that should be a fun one. Um, But we'll finish it up right there. Appreciate Rusty and Kip for popping on. Appreciate all you guys watching and listening and subscribing and helping us do what we do. So we really appreciate that. So get out of here on that. Thanks, everybody. And until next time, take care. Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.